0: Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, Board Certified Psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? All right, hey, hey guys. Good evening. Happy Sunday night. This is Dr. Delvina, the host of the Brain Love Podcast. Dr. Delvina Thomas, a board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. And um, every Sunday night at 8pm Eastern Time, I I bring to you my Brain Love Podcast. There are so many different things that I talk about. Um, There are times when I spend a lot of time on relationships love and or sex and um, but I also have to spend time on you as an individual and so brain love mental health and wellness involves so many different aspects of our brain so many different aspects of life and all of these things go back to childhood they go back to for a lot of us childhood trauma things that you may have internalized Um, And who we are as an adult can also stem from the relationships we fostered at a younger age or did not foster the relationship we didn't have with our father or didn't have with our mother. And um, tonight my topic is something called mindfulness because there are so many things that may have happened in our lives that we cannot change. We can't go back and undo and so, for some of us, we're left with the uneasiness, the stress of what life may have been for us in the past, and we never let it go. We didn't learn how to let it go. And besides the things that may have happened in the past, there are also things that happen in our present, things that are happening in, in our space, energy that's brought your way that's just adverse negative energy and you got to be able to escape from those things and sometimes there's no physical escape there's no cutting someone completely off because really um, just to be to be frank if we were cutting people off every time they did something to us we really wouldn't have anyone in our circle and you've heard me say many times that Having a circle means creating a circle with meaningful layers, you know, the people in the inner most part of your circle are those people who are supportive and protective and they know about reciprocity. And the folks who bring the negative energy, well they deserve to be on them the outer rims, those outer layers of the circle. So, let's get ready to transition into tonight's show. This is a show about mindfulness and you feel me being mindful. I'm always mindful during my podcast. I focus on what's happening in the here and the now, but when you're interviewing a guest or you have an agenda that you're you're putting out and you're sharing, it's hard to to just be inside yourself or to meditate or but I stay focused on the task at hand. I'm not thinking about anything else when I'm recording these episodes. So tonight is about mindfulness. We have a mindfulness facilitator. Her name is Ms. Boon Phi, and she's going to talk to us for a few moments about what it means to be mindful and give some examples and She um, will give you her information in the event that you would like to follow her or you want to reach out to her, but expect some of these things, more of these types of things and interventions, because I'm all about alternative interventions, not just about pharmacology, Western medicine, surgeries, and things like that. We have to be preventative, and when we can't prevent something, we have to try alternative ways to remedy our situation and alternative ways are you know there's supplements it's meditation it's yoga it's mindfulness it's reading it's affirmations it's prayer it's the relationships the positive relationships that you keep with people so hang in there with us and um, we're going to talk about mindfulness and she'll be back on future episodes because we're we're going to do some actual meditation here on the podcast not tonight but coming up really really soon as some of you may know September is self-care month September is self-care month and so we got to take care of ourselves we have to um, just focus on ourselves at times we got to Just treat ourselves. We have to treat ourselves nicely. We have to recharge. We got to tune into our wants, reflect on our needs. You can do things like cooking a meal, start therapy sessions, work out, read a book, go to the spa. You know, I made a decision to be intentional about my spa treatments to go on a regular basis. I have a massage at least twice a month, and I do a facial once a month. And I've been scheduling these things every quarter. And um, you may have heard me mention I'm golfing now. So I was golfing before, but I wasn't intentional about it. Now it's a regular part of my schedule. Nothing will deter me. So consider doing some other things for yourself on a regular basis. Schedule it just like you schedule everything else. You got to schedule this as well. And don't forget to join us this coming Thursday. We have our Therapy Thursday Live on Relationships but here we go. Hey, everyone. It's Dr. Delvina again. I'm here with a very special guest. Her name is Rita Boone Fai. She is the owner of Healing Life Miami, which is located in Overtown. Overtown is in Miami. Of course, everybody knows about historical Overtown. And if you've ever visited Miami and you've only gone to South Beach, shame on you. You need to hit up Overtown. We have so many historical Black areas here in Miami and South Florida. If you haven't been to Overtown, it's happening out there, man. So Miss Boone Fye is the owner of Killing Life Miami, and is also the owner of Mindfulness Matters. And so I want you to pull up her website right now. It's mymindfulness.life. That's M-Y-M-I-N-D-F-U-L-N-E-S-S dot life, L-I-F-E. And I know some of you are like, okay, why are we talking about mindfulness? Well, you know, here in America, we practice a whole lot of Western medicine, and we have to move away from that because Western medicine, and what do I mean by Western medicine? I mean, prescription pills and surgeries, you know, for every problem, for every issue, we're thinking about a prescription, a medication we don't do enough prevention in America. And so I wanted to bring, bring on Ms. Retha Boonfi to talk with you guys so she can tell you how she's helping to heal uh, people in her circle, um, clients that she takes on, and cl- I'm sure some of her family members, she's teaching them as well. And she has also taught herself. And because she's a sharer, she's a giver, she wants to give to other folks as well. Welcome to the show, Ms. boone Thank you, Dr. Del. I am just so
1: pleased to be here. And to hear you introduce me, I'm trying to figure out who is she talking about? Oh, I, am just, <laughs> I have been I have been all my life, I'd like to consider myself a giver. And uh, I always like to help out, whether it's family, friends, or whatever, always had that kind of spirit. And I really, really, really am grateful for that. And, and as you said, uh, how I got into uh, the company Healing Leaf Miami actually started about uh, in 2008, the late part of 2018, and a lot of the products that we have are plant-based and they're also non-pharmaceutical. We call them pharmaceutical, F A R M, because uh, we 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 deal in in natural and healing. I have a co-partner. Uh, her name is Elizabeth Moss. And what we did, we both have Caribbean backgrounds. So what would happen is when we were growing up, if you think about it, if something went wrong, if you had a cold or whatever, your grandmother, your mom, your aunt sent you out in the yard to get some Cerisee. For for those who are not familiar with South Florida or for the Caribbean, it's like a plant and it grows wild. Uh, If you had a cut or a burn, you went out in the yard and you got aloe. You wanted some tea to drink, you went out in the yard and you picked up lemongrass. So all through life, um, we've been dealing with it. And as you said, we got away from the Western, uh, we got into the Western medical where you dealt with pharmaceuticals and those are scientifically uh, artificially based products. So what we did was we pivoted toward our natural uh, tendencies and started selling product. And as of the 2018 uh, farm bill, hemp which is a family member of cannabis became legal Uh, and as such on a federal level they were working on it on a state level and finally in 2019 the state of florida did uh make sure that it was legal now a lot of people are not familiar with hemp Uh, hemp is part of the cannabidiol family or cbd as it's commonly known and what we found is i had a family member who had aches and pains. So I started researching and a very good friend of mine turned me on to this company based in Colorado. And what I ended up doing is going, I physically went to Colorado for for dual purpose. I went because I was studying mindfulness Mm -hmm. and I'll get into that and how I got into mindfulness a little later, but Uh, Once I got into Colorado, I decided to drop in on this company because I'd heard such good things about them and how they were one of the first uh, hemp farmers to be established in the United States. So when I went and I discovered that their products were natural and that uh, I saw them actually being produced. So it wasn't like I, you know, heard about them. I physically saw the plant. So when I came back, um, I started selling the product and found that they were very helpful in terms of pain relief, the salves, the tinctures, the lotion, things of that nature. And I started telling people about it and we formulated this company, Healing Leaf Miami. And we deal with a number of companies that produce hemp uh, and CBD. And we make absolutely sure, as you know, that you have to do some. Testing, and you have to make absolutely sure that your products are worth selling to your people.
0: Absolutely. So that, in
1: brief, yeah. So briefly, that's how I got into Healing Leaf Miami.
0: Okay, um, so allow me to stop you right there because we jumped right in, and I want to give you a proper introduction. I know mm-hmm. I said your name. Um, mm-hmm. You're also my Sarah. I just want to say that to any of our Sarahs who are listening to this uh, this episode. She is a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And so, um, so which, which school were you affiliated with?
1: Actually, I did the grad chapter. Okay, uh, I went myself. To the yes, I went to the University of Miami. And at the time, I'm dating myself. They didn't have uh, Delta on campus. They had other sororities that I was not wanting to join. So once I did and I saw the work that Delta was doing, I felt very compelled to join that sorority. And I'm happy to say that I've been a member and I love it. I absolutely love it because the women in Delta are the doers. We're not, we don't talk. We do. That's right. That, that's the one of the things that I do that, that really encouraged me to become a Delta. And i actually, I was on the alpha line for the Dade County alumni chapter.
0: Okay. All right. Thank you so much for sharing that. No so, you just mentioned UM. You hold a Bachelor of Arts degree from the University of Miami and a master's degree in educational leadership from Nova Southeastern University. Um, and so you mentioned that you are of Caribbean uh, background. You're, w- what part of the Caribbean are, is your family from?
1: I'm from, my family's from the Bahamas. Uh, my grandparents migrated here in the early 1900s. Uh, from Andros Island, which is uh, the largest island in the Nassau, you know, realm uh, in the Bahamas. And when they came here, uh, of course, there weren't a lot of opportunities, but they took advantage of being, coming into this country and working hard. My grandmother, actually, my grandmother was born here, uh, but she was born in Key West. Her father was from South Carolina, and they met uh, her mother was from South Andros, Congo town, it's called. Uh, and they met, they married, and she was born here, but she went back to the Bahamas with her mother when her mother came ill. And um, she wanted to come back to the United States because she had claims here because she was a, a natural-born citizen.
0: All right, all right. So, guys, we're we're talking about mindfulness. And um, some of you may not have ever heard of mindfulness. I teach my patients, as you guys know, I'm a psychiatrist here in South Florida. I teach my patients about mindfulness. Mindfulness is great in reducing stress and addressing anxiety, can also help with depression. Um, It's a a very specific way in calming yourself. And some folks will consider it meditation, a type of meditation. But it doesn't always have to be uh, meditation to the fullest extent. Mindfulness is just being consciously aware of your surroundings, being aware of your senses and feeling in the moment. So for me, when I play golf, I feel like I'm being mindful because I leave everything out. My brain, I will not do well. I'm not that great now, but I definitely would (laughs) suck at it. If I wasn't being mindful, meaning if I wasn't leaving everything that was going on inside my life, you know, my personal life, my business life, my family. If I didn't leave those things off the golf course and just focus on my technique, hitting the ball, chipping, putting, all these things, um, I would suck even worse than I do now. So (laughs) we're going to get into this whole mindfulness discussion. So, Ms. Fai, tell us, when did you become certified in, in mindfulness?
1: Well, it's a, it's a long and a short story. A girlfriend of mine uh, introduced me. Her name is Jackie uh, Darville. She was taking the mindful course, and she asked me to uh, you know follow her. And I was like, Jackie, I don't have time. And she said, that's exactly why you need to do it, because you have so many things and so many baskets that you're trying to manage that you really need mindfulness. Well, I resisted. And she said, well, I tell you what she said, I'm taking the online course introduction to and then the second part was like the completion of the introduction. And so I started to take the course online. And I started noticing like little subtle changes in the first one, but I pulled it off, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not that great. Well, when the second class came along online, uh, I said, you know, hey, Matt, think maybe there's something to this because the night before uh, I had, had taken the class, they talked about the fact that when things happen in your life, what you need to do in order to address them. And, and they gave a very simple, when they said, this is, you're, you're in traffic and someone cuts you off. And typically what happens is you get mad, you know, and you, you know, that anger builds up in you and it raises your blood pressure. You get angry, you want, to re- you want revenge. You want to cut them off like they cut you off. And especially if you're driving in traffic in South Florida, boy, you know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So what they said is, you know, you have to put yourself in that person's shoes. Maybe they're rushing somewhere. Maybe there's an emergency. You have no clue. You Maybe they've been told that they're going to be fired if they're late. So you have no clue as to what's going on in their mind. So why would you allow that to influence you to such an extent that your blood pressure is raised that you get upset so what they talked about was the one two three method and i'm like okay what's that well one something happens two you process it and then three you react because before most of us do one one three it happens boom we react Mm -hmm. So as I'm driving in and I'm like, wow, you know, this really is interesting that I put myself in that driver's position and I didn't let that ruin the rest of my commute. So I said, maybe there is something to this. So then by then she knew I was hooked. (laughs) She asked me to start studying through the mindful schools out of Emeryville, California. So I did and I did it online and there was a um, retreat that we were required to do in uh, Colorado. Uh, I flew out to Colorado for a week's retreat. Um, I met my cohorts and there was a class and there was probably around 80 people in this class. And we were on a compound, it was almost like a monastery um, up in the mountains, Red Feather Lakes, Colorado. And for a week, the first day we did not, they asked us to surrender our phones and everything kind of communication. So it blew my mind because I'm so accustomed to being attached like all of us are. But I did do that. And after the first day I was going crazy. I'm like, I need to call to see what's going on. Because at that same week before I went out, I was granted guardianship of my mom who, um, was not capable of handling her own affairs anymore. So I'm there and I'm worried. And I said, you know, this is what I'm, obviously this is where I'm supposed to be. And there were some things that happened during that week that really convinced me that this was something that I really needed to take seriously.
0: Wow. So how long was the program The program is year long.
1: Uh, I was in the 218, 219 course and I graduated. You said Um, it's, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa. You said it's a year long?
1: A year long, yes. Wow. Um, I was there uh, online, like I said, uh, and that's how I was introduced to Zoom before Zoom became common. Uh, So I was really accustomed to it. So uh, I did it for a year and then we had to do a beginning of retreat beginning of the course retreat and then of course after the year was up we went back out for the the, the year-end retreat um and graduation so there were some things that we had to do in order to become certified to the schools and as a matter of fact i still have one portion of it that i need to complete in order to be a part of their curriculum and uh, recommendations but other than that i did receive my certificate so I am a, a mindfulness facilitator and I've been truly enjoyed it.
0: Wow, congratulations for that. Thank you, thank you. Congrats, congrats. A year is definitely a commitment.
1: Yeah, and it was every, you know, every week, twice a week um, by Zoom. Uh, we had um, assignments that we had to complete. We had to make sure. Now, now mine was a little different because most of the people that involved in it were teachers. So I chose to do mindfulness to caregivers, and that was because, as I said, at that time I was the care appointed caregiver for my mom, and I guess I didn't understand what kind of stress I was under. I went to my doctor's office one day, and he said, "On all the times that you've ever been coming to me, your blood pressure was not high. Um, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't seem tense or whatever." And I said, "Now I know that." this is something that i really have to practice and make sure because a lot of people don't understand and unless you walk in someone else's shoes you really do not understand so i have an empathy for caregivers um it is not an easy job and it 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 reverses the role you become the caretaker for someone who took care of you
0: yeah yeah mm-hmm. so um i know i kind of sort of gave a brief definition of mindfulness but For the listeners can you tell them what is the purpose of mindfulness Um,
1: let me give you let me give you a definition of mindfulness and this comes from a gentleman by the name of John Cabot Zinn he's considered the godfather of mindfulness and what he says basically is that mindfulness is awareness that arises through paying attention on purpose in the present moment non-judgmentally and more importantly gives us some type of mental ease okay so with that in mind i like i said it's it's attuned to to meditation um and initially i kind of resisted because i felt that it was maybe religious based and meditation although it has religious roots it is not something that people demand that you practice as part of a religion Um, so when i started studying mindfulness I was unaware of all of the implications that it had throughout my life. Um, mm-hmm. I became a calmer person. I became a more thoughtful person, and I started noticing that as I change, so did the circumstances around me. And so I would tell people all the time. They would, you know, especially especially in our community, when I said, "Are you familiar with mindfulness?" And they look at me like I had lost my mind. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I had to kind of bring them around to think, what is it that's going on in your life? And the very first time I sat in for the meditation, when I went to Colorado, they asked us to do a 10 minute meditation. And for me, that was difficult because I'm so used to moving around and moving and snapping. And so by the end of the week, however, the meditations got longer and longer and longer. And I found that it was not difficult for me to meditate and to sit in a mindful setting, what's called a mindful sit, that's what it's called, for like 30 minutes. To me, that was unheard of. I'm going to sit still for 30 minutes, you know. But during that 30-minute period, of course, your mind's going to wander. I'm not going to make you feel as if for that 30 minutes, you're going to sit there and you're going to meditate and you're going to be right there. No, it doesn't happen that way.
0: What, what What, do you mean by meditate? Exactly. Do you mean by meditate? I know, but the listeners need to know. Yeah. You basically just sit with
1: your own thoughts, which typically in mindfulness, it's called a sit. And in in meditation, you sit and you calm yourself and your thoughts are kind of like you corral your thoughts. And you just meditate for that moment on you. You concentrate on your breathing. You concentrate on what's going on inside of you. You concentrate on just you for that period of time. And people don't realize that when we slow down and when we stop, we get a chance to look at it from a global perspective and then bring it in. Okay?
0: hmm so
1: that's, I think that's the simplest way for me to explain it.
0: So someone who wants to learn to meditate, you would basically um, duplicate what you guys did in Colorado. You would have them start with maybe five minutes of just being able to sit still and mm-hmm. not think about anything. Just kind of, what, what do you tell them to think about when they're sitting there?
1: Yeah, I tell them to concentrate on their breath, concentrate on their breathing, concentrate on their heartbeat, and just concentrate on your body, what your body language is going through. You're breathing. You breathe in, you breathe out. You breathe in, and you hold it, and then you breathe out slowly. And as you notice, you'll notice that when you breathe in, the air is cool. Breathe out. It's warm. So you kind of Put yourself in a meditative state, uh, concentration, and it calms you down. Your blood pressure, it goes down. Your stress level goes down. Um, a lot of things happen that within your body that you're not really aware of. But once you become aware of it, and you know that you practice these techniques to bring yourself in peace, because the thing is, when you have a bad thought, and something happens to you. You relive that over and over and over again, okay? So you don't let it go. But you have to learn to release. And that's part of what meditation is. You bring it in and you say, okay, so this happened. But I'm breathing it out and I'm getting rid of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm breathing in and I'm breathing out. And as we yeah. breathe out, you concentrate on a peaceful. And, and what we do is we do sits, like I said. I have a bell. As a matter of fact, I did a, a a sit for a class one day and one, and I have a, I have a, a bell, a bowl. And when I hit the bowl, one of the ladies started laughing and I'm like, what are you laughing at? And she said, well, this reminds me of that movie, Get Out. I said, okay. righty. I said, okay, I understand. I said, but I don't have all of those ill intentions. You just have to recognize that you are the one who is in control and that you control your breath and you control how you react to things that's going on. And so sit yourself down and calm yourself down. And the other thing that I do is I do it with, sens- with a sensory. For example, I really like um, like different scents and my favorite happens to be like an orange ginger. And so what I'll do is I'll put that in my hand and I'll rub it together. And I breathe. And as I breathe in, I I I I take them on a guided meditation tour where I tell them, okay, you're on a beach, you feel the sun on your head, you see the ocean waves coming. And just kind of take them on that imaginary journey. And believe it or not, when they come back, they're like, Yeah, I do feel relaxed. I do feel at ease. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I kind of understand what this is all about. I said, So if you make this a practice. And there's a way to do that as a practice. I find that the best time for me to do it is first thing in the morning. I'm in the shower. I have my scent. I rub my hands together. I put my scent in. And I just let the water just... And and sometimes I take a little trip right then. And it's no more than about five minutes. You know, I don't want to waste too much water. But I, I take about five minutes just to calm myself down. And I find that when my eyes are closed and the water is running over me, and I put out all the thoughts that I know. OK, I've got to do this. I've got this assignment. I've got all these things. But just for that minute, I do what's called the airline rule. You cannot save anyone unless you save yourself first. Mm. So be very, very, very strategic about that. Because if you are not able to do for you, you can't do for anyone else. Put your life vest on, your life jacket, your parachute on. Because in, in that instance, you're more effective. So think of it as being selfish, but being an unselfish act. Because you're putting yourself first in order to help other people. You can't help anybody. My grandfather used to have a saying all the time. You're looking for a helping hand? Try the two at the end of your arm. Okay?
0: Mm, all right. <laughs> so we really have gone through the the time is up now man my goodness we've been talking almost for 25 minutes i appreciate you for coming on and and sharing your 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 wisdom and your knowledge about mindfulness so that's been good so far right guys we're going to go into seven tips to help you in being more mindful She's going to give you some examples and hopefully you'll be able to implement and practice these things starting, starting tonight. You can do a five minute meditation before you climb into the bed. And as soon as you awaken in the morning, same thing, do five minutes or or 10 minutes. So, Miss Boone, can you tell us, give us some examples of mindful exercises or mindful activities?
1: Well, as far, as far as I'm concerned, I do it like on a daily basis. And I'm going to give you about seven tips to incorporate mindfulness into your daily life. Uh, the very first thing is to practice mindfulness during routine activities. Uh, in my instance, I do it in the shower. Uh, first thing in the morning, I take my shower. I put a little uh, scent in my hands. I rub them together. I smell it. And uh, it just For some reason, I guess because I've made it a daily practice, it instantly brings my level of anxiety down. Um, It may not be for everybody, but I know that for me, uh, once I do that, the second thing is you can practice right when you wake up. Um, You lay in the bed for a minute and you bring all your thoughts together. You take some deep breaths. And you make absolutely sure that you throw out all of the stuff that's going to be bothering you during the day. Just for that minute when you're laying there, just be grateful, be thankful. Some people pray, um, but just go ahead and make sure that you take deep breaths and you breathe in and thank the spirits for making sure that you're still able to up, be up and breathing. And, and, and it's OK. The third thing is let, you can let your mind wander. It's OK. But just slowly, slowly guide it back because what happens is we lay there and we're like, okay, I forgot to turn this off or I forgot to do that. So you just always bring it back. It's like corralling, corralling your thoughts is what I call it. Um, What'll happen is you'll have all these things on your mind, except you're not concentrating and you're not meditating first thing. And and the fourth one is keep it short. Uh, Don't try to do the 30 minute sit. Like I said, you get into that a little later, but you can't do it. Um, practice mindfulness. The fifth one is practice mindfulness while you wait. Uh, sometimes I'm in line sitting there waiting, and, and, but never, never practice mindfulness at a stoplight. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, just I'll sit there and it's like, um, number six is pick something to remind you to be mindful. Mm -hmm. Uh my, my, mine is okay. Somebody just ticked me off and I'm like, be mindful. You don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know that there's something I have a saying, happy people don't have time to make other people miserable. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if, if, if they're happy, they don't have time for you to be trying to make you miserable. Uh, and if you're happy, you don't want to make other people miserable. So I try to keep that in mind and i I, I picked that prompt, particularly when people have said something to kind of like tick me and I'm like, you know what, I'm not even going to let what they're going through impact me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the, the, the seventh way is to learn to meditate. There are meditational uh, videos. I'm probably going to be doing one very shortly and it'll be connected to my website. Uh, the one which is www.mymindfulness.life. And, and and I think once you learn to do that, it makes a huge difference. And the last thing I want to say is learn when and how to say no.
0: Mm, that is so powerful. People struggle with that one.
1: Self included, and 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 in, and in some instances, I've also learned how to tell people no and tell people where to go, in such a way that they look forward to the trip. Okay. So mm. what I, what I find is that um, it has made a tremendous difference in my life.
0: Okay. Okay. I love those tips. I especially love the tip about learning how to say no. Um, I have this acronym it's called brain love. And the, the acronym means something brain love obviously means to love your brain and take care of yourself and to be aware of your mental wellness. But each of those letters also means something. And mm-hmm. so um, one part of that is, is limiting your expectations and also saying no. Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad that you, that you mentioned that. Um, you know, I tell people mindfulness can happen anywhere, wherever you are. If mm-hmm. you're outside walking, um, mm-hmm. you can be mindful of your walking space. Obviously, you want to be in a safe area. So if it's a walking path, you can focus on You know, if it's a walking path, there's no traffic. You don't have to worry about cars and all these things. So you can just um, think about the trees, the leaves that you're seeing, the colors, the type of trees, the lizards that are walking by, how long they are, how big they are, the smell in the air, how the sun feels on your skin. So there's so many things you can focus on that are in your environment in that moment to take you away from maybe something that's been stressing you you know, the night before or for a week before, or whatever. It's just about getting caught up in your surroundings and just thinking about just that in the moment and just allowing your senses to, to be fully ignited. Your smell, you know, your vision. We, yeah.
1: it, it, that reminds me that when I was in Red Feather Lake, Colorado, uh, it's a Shambhala resort. It's, uh, I'm sorry, Shambhala is a retreat. And uh, one of the things they asked us to do was mindful walking. And you can imagine, you've got 80 people in the woods and they're walking around and I'm laughing to myself. I'm always laughing. So, you know, you have to forgive me sometimes. I'm irrelevant. (laughs) No, laughter is awesome. (laughs) I'm I'm irrelevant. You know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And so I'm walking through the woods with 80 people And they ask us to put your feet down very slowly, so you have all these people. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, "We look like the walking dead." Okay, we're all us walking in the woods and everything. But what I found was that as I calmed down, I began to look around, and I saw the trees, and I saw the animals. We did some squirrels, and. The, the, the wind was going through and I could see the wind going through the trees. And I was like, see, I would never have noticed that. I would never have even thought about that if I weren't doing mindful walking. OK, mm-hmm. so and then part of that whole process that we went through was something called mindfulness ba- based stress reduction. And if you live with chronic pain, a stress related medical condition, you may be interested in learning more about that skill to reduce that chronic pain or stress or the and this is this is these are some of the scientific things that we learned about uh, mindfulness and as well as neuroplasticity, which means basically that people whatever you begin to think it begins to implant in your brain and in your psyche and these kinds of things. So you learn how to reduce that, and mindfulness has been shown to reduce anxiety, arthritis, back pain chronic pain, headache. But as you know, all of that starts in the mind, but sometimes you want something physical and that's when the, the salves and the tinctures and the lotions come in rather than dealing with pain pills all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for that additional information. I really hope that this is helpful to folks. Guys, remember September is self-care awareness month self-care awareness month in addition to being suicide prevention month self-care is about taking time to do something for yourself that helps you to recharge tune into your wants reflect on your needs and mindfulness is a great way to do this and mindfulness is just is very easy to do once you get used to it you can train yourself to be mindful let me tell you and um and so, as I said, it, it doesn't cost a lot. You can be mindful wherever you are. If you're at work, in the office, in the dentist, wherever you are, you can go into a mindful trance um, and just allowing yourself to be patient as you're waiting for things to happen. There's no point in getting angry or getting upset when things are taking long. Um, you know, I've taught myself to be patient through being very mindful and understanding of the, cir- the circumstances. So consider some things for your self-care, like taking time to cook a meal, going to a therapy session. If you've never visited a psychotherapist, consider this, consider that. But you can also consider a mindfulness facilitator, especially if you feel like your needs don't rise to the level of needing a mental health professional. There are so many different branches of mental wellness um, professionals, including a mindfulness facilitator like. Ms. Boone. And I want you guys to reach out to her so that she can assist you. DRT Behavioral Services will be referring to Ms. Boone so that we can take advantage of some of her services. And um, she's going to give you her email address again. Give them that email address again, please, Sarah. Sure,
1: sure, sure. It's Retha, R-E-T-H-A-B-O-O-N-E, that's B as in Boone, Um, And it's at aretha boone at comcast.net. Okay.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I appreciate you for being here tonight. It's been a um, pleasure.
1: It's been a real pleasure, especially connecting with you.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned earlier that you're a giver. I'm a giver as well. And sometimes we know being a giver, it can be to a fault. And that's why you mentioned saying no was a, a battle, something that you had to also overcome. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we got to set limits on that. Maybe yeah. one night you can come back and we can just do a med- some meditation just for you can take be, us through a meditation exercise.
1: Be happy to be happy to. And, and like I said, uh, I've always been someone that likes to laugh, and so sometimes when I end my my uh, mindfulness sessions, you know, I make them laugh. I say Namaste, and I'll tell them Namaste at home or Namaste cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and see, I like that about you—that positive energy.
1: Thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: We have to have that.
1: Yeah, we do. We do. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, guys, so you will hear from me again next Sunday. So, guys, I just wanted to remind you about ways to follow me because they have changed. Facebook has not been kind to me. The ways have changed. So I am still on Instagram as Dr. Delvina, D-R-D as in Delta, E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A. I no longer have a Twitter for Dr. Delvina, and I no longer have a professional Facebook page for Dr. Delvina as Twitter actually unpublished my page some months ago because of some sort of infringement rights, and Facebook unpublished my page because of a picture I posted in my story. So... You can please follow me on Facebook at The Brain Love Podcast. The Brain Love Podcast is on Facebook. There's a Facebook page for it. And on Twitter, you can follow my office, DRT Brain Love. So, um, yeah, that's how you can follow me. And, of course, I'm on YouTube, Dr. Delvina Thomas. You just type in DR and then Delvina Thomas. Again, D as in Delta, EL, V as in Victor, E-N-A. T-H-O-M-A-S, spelled the slave way. And uh, my website is drdelvina.help. So D-R-D-A-L-V-I-N-A And feel free to send me an email if you have any questions regarding an episode or if you want me to talk about a, a specific topic or subject. Email me at info, I-N-F-O, at drdalvina, doctor is abbreviated D-R-D-E-L-V-E-N-A dot help h-e-l-p all right guys remember brain love it's the end of an episode thank you guys for joining me on my couch it's been a pleasure it's dr delvina remember every day you must have brain love